0: everybody bighead Joe here uh, just wanted to say quickly before we start this week's episode that um, I'm an idiot <laughs> and uh, about 10 minutes after recording this week's episode um, I hopped over to legitmtgcom and realized that there was an article uh, tournament report um, on a mono black devotion deck played by Levi Gaines uh, that won the PPTq. At the legit MTG store. Um, so, uh, you know, forgot, to, obviously, since I didn't see it till after we recorded, didn't mention it in the episode. Uh, but it's a really great uh, report to check out if you're interested in the Mono Black Devotion deck that I talk about later in the episode. Um, The article is called Hunger Games Mono Black Bean Chili Pie because at the end he also includes a recipe for his favorite black bean chili pie. Um, Now, while I would have called the the article Hunger Games due to his last name, uh, not everyone has the natural gift for puns that I do, so I'll let that slide. Uh, Regardless, uh, give that a, a read check it out because you know it's a take on the deck it's got a deck list unlike me i wasn't <laughs> very open with my list whatever uh so anyway check that out on with the show rock and roll yo mtg taps is sponsored by legitmtg.com. strategy streams and singles legit mtg has it all oh yeah now us So check us out every Friday on legitmtg.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product Logic What Up
1: I woke up this morning, I said this, uh, yeah, if life is a third of a grade, I filled out the Scantron gas bills later. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to YoMTG Taps, I'm Big Head Joe.
1: And I'm uh, Stephen Marshall.
0: And we've got a crazy show for you today, uh, big news in the world of Magic the Gathering card legalities. Um, we had a pre-release this past weekend uh, for Fate Reforged. Uh, we're going to talk about our pre-release experiences. And then we're going to talk just kind of briefly about what we're planning on playing in Standard. Because uh, this weekend we have uh, PPTQ at, um, at our local store, Common Ground Games, uh, that we're both playing in. So um, first weekend of a new format and uh, going to see what we've got brewed up to play. Uh, so first of all... The modern banned list. We'll just focus on modern. Um, there were some changes, like the legacy uh, treasure Cruise was banned, and world gorgor dragon was unbanned, which is pretty interesting. And I'm glad I did not sell my world gorgor dragons. I think I have like two of them, so pretty sweet for me. Eh, um, it's not
1: going to make a difference.
0: No, it's not. It's one of those things. It's kind of like sell now. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, you know kind of the. The opinion, uh, Chaz Anders or whatever from uh, Star City Games said, you know, there are 10 bucks right now, sell them. And then once people realize that it's like not any good, it's going to probably drop down to Earth. So that happened. Um, Treasure Cruise was restricted in Vintage. Uh, Gifts Ungiven was Unrestricted in Vintage, right? Was there any other mm-hmm. changes to Vintage, or was that it? That's it. Okay. And then Modern. So Modern's really the thing that affects us the most. Um, so, three cards were banned. Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, and Birthing Pod. All banned. Oh. And... Uh, in the Stevens Wildest Dreams
1: department. <laughs> Golgari Grave Troll unbanned. Oh yeah. I mean speaking of sell now, I mean sell that now, but still awesome. What yeah no, shouldn't have been banned in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know you were you were like dying for this card to get unbanned. Like
1: <laughs> so true. Like in the little thread we had, I was like, and Golgari Grave Troll, please should be unbanned. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so there you go you got your wish steven um wishes are now legal in modern um well
1: glittering wishes
0: well glittering wishes but also your wish to have golgari grave troll unbanned is now legal
1: so these, these are big
0: changes to the modern format um I've uh, I've I've been talking to our buddy Ryan all day about it, and he's not happy. Um, he's actually more upset about birthing pod than the cards that actually affected his Delver deck. You said you have a letter to read uh, from Alec. Can we even read sure. this on the show?
1: Uh, I I can improvise and, and and clean it up a little bit.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, he he was a little bit upset. I mean, he's got basically one modern deck he's been playing. The entire time, and it's, uh, it's it's birthing pod.
0: Well, actually, he has two decks, and the other one is two. over. Oh, really? Yeah, he feels oh, like. Oh man, yeah.
1: Like... And so that's feeling a lot of the the anger that I'm getting through in Alex' letter here. So, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll let me let me read it for you really quickly. Dear Wizards of the Coast, Big Head Joe, members of the Duelist Convocation International, and my fellow magicians. I come here to report to you that the state of the modern ban list is some old bull spittle. Birthing pond. We're worried about a in mid-range single creature deck? That if it's not countered or destroyed, begins to generate a horse's backside of advantage? A few fox-trotting turns after you've successfully cast this 4-drop? Well, Wizards, I'd just like to say, Congratulations for completely flipping the modern format I know and love so hard and so badly it cannot possibly be unflipped. Warmest regards, Alec
0: <laughs> I had to mute the thing so I didn't laugh through your whole speech. <laughs> so
1: I uh there's a there's a few strategic uh substitutions for adjectives. Uh, oh verbs. I th-
0: I think the listeners will be able to find out uh where they uh where they were. Now, that's not actually from Alec, but uh, I think that there's a lot of players who uh, kind of share that same sentiment. Um, now, okay, f- for me, I welcome all three of these bannings. Um, I am a huge fan, I think I've made this clear before, that I'm a huge fan of frequent bannings. I think that it's a very good thing. Um, and it's not just for the fact of keeping the format healthy. Um, now, I mean, let, let me be clear. I feel really bad for players like Alec, who have spent so much time and money piecing together a deck like Pod that pretty much falls apart um, with this banning. Uh, I don't feel like Delver goes away. mm Because Delver was here before Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time were standard legal. Uh, But Delver got ridiculously good thanks to at least one of those cards, if not both.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem is that, like, with Delver, I mean, most of those cards are still modern playable. With Birthing Pod, I mean, Wall of Roots, uh, I mean, even Noble Hierarchs not really seen a lot of play. Linvala, Shriekma, I mean, these are just, its it's got a lot of cards that only go in that deck.
0: Right, right. Now, let me say something. Okay, so this is, this is what I think, this is why I think that banning Birthing Pod is a good thing. First of all, I think Birthing Pod should have been banned six months ago. I think I've been saying this since we started this podcast back up, that Birthing Pod should be banned, right? Uh, It's a really, really powerful deck, uh, does lots of really, really powerful things, and it's really hard to come back from once that thing is online and rolling. Um, It's tough. It's really hard. Um, And... I mean, I didn't mind playing against the deck. I enjoyed playing against the deck. That was Ryan's biggest thing was that he enjoyed playing against birthing pod. It's a mm-hmm. challenge. It's a fun challenge for him, and I can't say I disagree with that. Um, and I, you know, and I do feel really bad for players that have put all this money into this deck. Um, now, here's why I think that this banning is a positive for modern. Um the deck was all over the place and that's a, that's you know one thing that I I like to see change. I like to see things evolve and I, I like to see the format. I like the fact that they ban things frequently because it keeps the the format evolving in two different directions. You've got the uh introduction of new cards to the card pool with new sets that come out and then you've got the bannings which take decks you know, out of the rotation and put other decks, you know, up to the forefront. Now, what I really like about this banning is that I hope that it will help reduce the speculation that happens with some of these cards. Here's here's okay. It's, it's tough. It's tough to pinpoint. Okay, so Orzov Pontiff mm-hmm. should have never been a twenty dollar card. Never, ever, ever should Orzhov Ponce have been a $20 card. And, you know, there are a lot of people who believe that the inflated prices of a lot of these cards are the fault of certain larger uh, online retailers dictating these prices. Just almost you know, arbitrarily, just kind of going, oh, I guess that's a $20 card, and bloop, up it goes. And then we just accept that as truth.
1: I, now, I'd I'm... like to agree and disagree here for a sec. Well,
0: hold well, on, well, hold on. Okay, hold on.
1: I'll let you finish your point. Hold
0: first. on, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, yes, there are a lot of players who were playing Pod. Pod was a very, very, you know, highly represented deck in the format. But a one of, in one deck should not be twenty dollars unless that price has been gouged to oblivion because there just is no demand there's no demand great enough for a one of in one deck to dictate that that card would be twenty dollars noble hierarch being a hundred dollars or however much it hit is absurd it doesn't make any sense um this isn't even a card from like, mirrored in or something where you can't like if this was conflux this was a set that came out like like five years ago like there's no way that card should be like eighty dollars unless somebody went i think this card is eighty dollars because i want eighty dollars for these cards and no one's going to say no and they just know that they can get that price from people and i just think that like What this does is this scares people off of buying in to these inflated prices and it keeps speculators away from hoarding a bunch of like a card that should, you know, that they think will go up and might cause, you know, and even if it's not just the like whatever websites like, like just inflating their own price. They see these speculators just selling, like buying them out, buying them out, buying them out, and then finally they have to put the price to a point where people won't buy them out anymore. You know, so now you've got people who speculated on Orzhov Pontiff, let's say, that are stuck with like 50 of them, and they're probably, I mean, they're worth something, but they're not worth nearly as much as they were. Um, So what I think that this does, something like this, I think will help scare people off of going all in on a card for one and will scare, or not scare retailers off from inflating prices, but maybe will make players less inclined to pay exorbitant prices for cards that shouldn't be priced as high as they are. And I think that this will eventually help make the market more fair. Anyway, sorry, that's that's rant over. What do you have to say?
1: So, despite the fact that I provided a platform for Alex poopy mouth and disagreement to the banning, I, I actually do agree with it by the letter of the law in terms of how Wizards has said they want to guide the ban list and and, you know the reason they've given for banning cards such as Green Sun Zenith is that they don't want to create decks that um, generate repetitive game states and Birthing Pod is offender number one in modern in terms of doing that now I I don't mind playing against it it's just a bunch of big dumb creatures so it's not like a that's not a particularly oppressive strategy. It's not one that, that ever feels like it's oppressive or, or, or just suffocating or anything like that. But in terms of what happens once a birthing pod gets onto the battlefield, it does a lot of the things that Wizards has said they don't want to happen in a game of modern. And even though... And, and so that's why I, I believe birthing pod was actually banned was for that reason. And it should have been banned a long time ago, but they just shown some hesitancy towards banning it uh, until there was just, I guess, some sort of over- overwhelming statistical data on uh, the deck's success that they just, they they, they had to do it. Uh, Treasure Cruise was, wasn't was banned because it creates repetitive game states. They just banned it because it was just way too powerful for the format. Mm-hmm. And it made other cards that were on the banned list, like Ancestral Visions, look silly. Yeah. And they banned Dig Through Time because if they ban Treasure Cruise, <laughs> then we're just going to have to do this all over again in another couple of months. <laughs>
2: So right. So I just want right. to head
1: head that off at the pass. So I'm I'm okay with all three actually. Um, the, now on the in terms of like the you know punishing speculators and all that stuff, I disagree there. Um, I I don't think these people are a bunch of evil geniuses. I don't think there's at, like as much manipulation as some people believe. Um, I don't think you need any one decade particular f- for a bunch of idiots to bid up the price to stupid levels to lose money if. Their purchases don't actually reflect a price that could ultimately be supported by demand from actual players. Uh, just look at the run-up in Bloodbraid Elf into the <laughs> ban band restricted announcement this week. That thing spiked like I think I don't know four X like ten
0: bucks. Like 10 yeah, bucks, it yeah. went
1: from like two to ten, and people are just like, "Oh, I can't believe this! This is an insider knowledge. This is the worst thing ever." Um, and, and again, look at look at what happened around the last band uh, announcement in Modern. When cards like Secluded Glen got up to like twenty dollars, Miss Bind Click got up to twenty dollars, and because people were like, oh well, you know, and these were speculators, and a lot of them were running up the price, and some of them were players that are panicking because they they let themselves be influenced by speculators mm-hmm. uh, into buying into the hype, even though, and this is, this is one thing at least that I correctly called, uh, Fairies just doesn't currently have or didn't at the time have a place in the modern metagame. And right. that, you know, just these prices weren't supportable uh, by actual tournament results because they just wouldn't produce any. It didn't produce any. And now instead of $20, miss by Click is $3. And <laughs> right. Secluded Glynn is $3. And they're, <laughs> they're right back to where they were before the announcement. And the people that, you know, rushed in and the speculators and all that and the people that tried to, like, muscle in and, and manipulate the prices, you know, they picked cards that actually weren't mispriced and, and didn't have actual player demand behind them. And they lost a, bun- a bunch of money. And good. <laughs> that, I mean, that'll teach them a lesson. That's, that's what'll teach them a lesson. Uh, not correctly seeing where the metagame's going and being, you know, two steps ahead. Uh, and, you know, this sounds like a lot of apologetics because this is stuff I like to do where I'm like, oh, Goblin Guide's only $10, eh? Well, there's this event deck with two goblins, and, you know. <laughs> so I do that sometimes. And, you know, Jeskai Guy see, I might have done that. And, I'm, I'm, and I think I bought World Spine Worm um, at one point. So, I, you know, I'm not... One hundred percent for but i I don't have a problem with speculators, even though that sounds like me just doing a lot of self justification because I like to gamble and have yeah, but... a, have a, have a serious problem and should seek I, help
0: i don't i don't okay I don't have a problem with speculators let me let me make that clear I don't have a problem with it, but I think that ultimately you know cards that shouldn't be twenty dollars being twenty dollars hurts the game. Mm. and you know and and i like and and...
1: i I feel like that's wizard's job it's wizard's job that if this is going to be a deck and this is a card that was printed when the player base was much smaller and i mean that kind of just speaks to how popular and how dominant uh birthing pod was in terms of the numbers people were playing it in Mm -hmm. that that card was supported to that price that's on wizards to reprint it because that's basically what they've said modern is modern is going to be Legacy that they could actually control the supply of, so that it's affordable. And we've seen them put the Fetchlands by returning to Ravnica, and and, and uh, not the Fetchlands, the Shocklands, and then now uh, reprinting the Fetchlands, not once but twice, just like they did with the Fetchland, uh, the Shocklands. Yes. <laughs> In Cons, um, you know, they saw the price of of where mana was, and they're they're reprinting it. We've got an entire Modern Master series that that's on Wizards, and I think they've been pretty good at addressing it.
0: They have. I, I agree. I agree with that. Anyway, overall, I think these things are good things for the format. Now, I just want to kind of touch on this. Uh, Talking to Ryan today, I I was talking, he was saying that Cruz and Dig, he was fine with them banning, but he was sad to see, he said he was sad to see those go, but they feel broken, and he said that Pod's not broken. And I said, yes it is, I'm glad it's gone. Uh, Should have been banned prior to Dig and Cruz, with those two gone, it had to go as well. Um then Ryan said, I can't take it seriously until they ban Goyf and Dark Confidant then, because now it's going to be a combo slash Black-Green-X world. And then I said, I think they should ban Goyf too. He said, and then it becomes Storm's World. They need to ban less and reprint more. I said, then ban Past in Flames. Keep them coming. Ban Ravager. I don't care. And then he said, burn. And I was like, ban Bolt. Ban Young Pyromancer. <laughs> I don't even care. Like I Like, I like bannings. Okay. I like...
1: I like them to an extent. But if you if you nuke all the cards that people like and, and actually love and have fun playing, no one's gonna to want to play the format if you get rid of all the fun cards. But well, he was getting
0: so angry that I actually just uh You just, just you're uh,
1: Golgari grave trolling him. I started to, yeah, because
0: I was like what did I say? I was like, ban Serum Visions, ban Delver, ban Snapcaster. <laughs> I was like, ban Restoration Angel, ban Rhino, ban Fetchlands, ban Swords. And then I wrote, they unbanned trolling so I could aggressively use it on you. <laughs> uh,
1: boom. I see what you did there.
0: So that was, that was our conversation today. I, I like the idea of banning cards to keep a format evolving when it becomes stale. And... Uh, and I and I'm I'm you know looking forward to seeing uh, how good my uh, affinity deck is now.
1: S- um, seriously though, sell your Golgari <laughs> Grave Trolls. <laughs>
0: yeah, and your World Spine Worms.
1: Oh yeah, or World yeah. World
0: Gorgor Dragon, not World Spine Worm.
1: But yeah, like um, I think God Trolls like nine dollars mint now. That's stupid. It just yeah. stop it, stop it. You're gonna yep. lose. You're gonna lose my. Yeah, I went from a dollar <laughs> to like ten. Just just stop. Just, just stop. <laughs> like the, this was not the missing piece, even though, which is why I thought it was stupid that it was banned in the first place. I mean, I'm going to try to play with it, obviously. Yep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm being a complete hypocrite here, but like, the odds that this is actually going to bridge mean something,
0: bridge is banned, isn't it?
1: Nope. It's been it's been it's been legal the entire time.
0: But uh, but dread return is
1: dread. Yeah, exactly. That has to be banned.
0: Right. Dred return is banned.
1: Then you would have broken in half dredge decks in modern. Yeah. Now yeah. this this doesn't do anything. This is not that much more it's not gonna affect the competitiveness of Dredge. Like it's not gonna add that much more expected win value or whatever of a deck from um Stinkweed imp versus this guy.
2: Mm-hmm. To get a
1: I mean, it is dredge six, but I don't see it. I still think <laughs> so all that being said, I'm gonna try to play dredge and I think it's actually reasonably competitive in the current environment because people are going to have less graveyard hate because they're, they they do not have any you know, treasure cruises to worry about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I'm, I'm keeping mine in. So I will always have graveyard hate in my, in my sideboard. Cause I do not, I do not get got by that crap. No way.
1: Yeah. But if people are still sleeping on a, on, on artifact hate, just pile into affinity, play that.
0: That's all I got, man. I'm all in.
1: All right. That's, that's all. I, that's all I got to say about the, uh, the ban list.
0: Word up. Uh, So, pre-release. We played in... You played in a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I played in two on Sunday. And uh, I went 3-1 in both of them. Um, Tell me about yours. So, you played into Midnight. I did. Tell me about
1: that. Sure. I played... Yeah, I did the really inadvisable Midnight pre-release into 10 (laughs) a.m. pre-release. But first for Midnight, I did Teamer because that was what was left. Uh, <laughs> right. universally it seemed that Jess Guy was the most popular.
0: I think people were going for value there.
1: Yeah. And the least I pop- got there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh blue green apparently everyone just hates that, so Teemer and Soultie were the least uh popular guilds. So I went with Teemer and I can't really remember what deck I had. I took a picture of it. It was it was decent. I think I went 2-1 and then like it was 4 a.m. and I was getting really tired and starting to fall asleep. But uh, it had a Teamer Sabertooth in it, mm-hmm. as well as a Soulfire Grandmaster, and a bunch of spells and a bunch of of the battlefield abilities. That, um, th- that 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 card's real. I wouldn't really worry too much about how awesome Soulfire could be in limited, but I mean Teamer Sabertooth, uh, it's an uncommon and the body's already really good. It didn't need an ability that made it indestructible. And also could potentially rebuy all your creatures or put the manifested spell you – or, like, you know, kill spell that's manifested on the battlefield back in your hand. Um, there's a few, like uh, Bear's Companion I had and Avon Surveyor in my deck. Ooh. And that was fun. That was fun looping those guys.
0: That sounds good.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's also, like, commons, like Sand Steep. Uh, Outcast is probably going to be the most common mm-hmm. target. Uh, that that car's just fantastic in terms of a common
0: yeah, it really, really is.
1: Uh, I got to, you know, I got to live the dream and, you know, loop a bunch of stupid stuff with uh, the Soul Fire. Like Winter Flame, even was was just fine.
2: <laughs> you know, it's just
1: like ping anything, tap it, get it back. Um, I had the can, I had the soul crushing cancel loop. Wow. So, yeah. So we were at parody, and it's just like you're not going to get to cast anything. He's like, I'm just going to concede. Wow. <laughs> so that was fun um that was out of the sideboard uh so that was the teamer deck uh, on saturday at 10 a.m maybe maybe it was just like the state that i was in because i had gotten i don't know three hours of sleep but i feel like i opened potentially my worst pool just ever of all time uh i went 0-3 and won one game between all of them
0: <laughs> god
1: yeah And just went home and went to sleep
0: that is uh, brutal. I, yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I, I got. Th- I, don't, I don't even have any of the cards left from it. Uh, there's just nothing like decent. Like a lot of uh, opened a lot of windstorms storms, and uh, just like just stuff that just doesn't do anything. Like the,
2: yeah.
1: like, I, I think it had three of the, um, and I think it's an uncommon too, which is really insulting. The uh, it's like three in a red. The target opponent reveals a random creature or a random card from their hand. <laughs> yep. I was just like. It was just like, uh, it was just a bad pool. And I I tried to make it work, um, to the best of my impaired abilities, but, you know, whatever. Went home, went to sleep, reset, and then joined you on Sunday for for two more pre releases.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man. So we, uh, I don't remember what you opened for the first pre release, but I opened, uh, Jeskai. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So me and Steven both had, like, the most expensive pools. Um, Oh man. So my pool uh, in Jeskai uh consisted of a monastery mentor, a promo soulfire grandmaster, uh flooded strand, a wooded foothills, um Dramoka the Eternal isn't money but it was, you know, a valuable card to open oh, yeah. in sealed and the Shu Yun Silent Tempest. Um, all of Like, all of those cards went in my deck. Like, literally every card I just mentioned went into my deck. I had, like, a $100 sealed deck. It was the most awesome thing. Because I played Jeskai, and I I splashed green for literally just the Dramoka. Um, And uh, that was awesome. I went 3-1, losing only in the fourth round to my podcasting partner, Stephen Marshall. Um, Uh, and
1: what are the odds that we, we play against each other in the tournament? It's so weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you're hanging out of the top tables all the time, it's (laughs) inevitable that you're going to get paired up against one another. So, um, (laughs) I shouldn't be saying that when we were playing in the one, one bracket in the next next tournament anyway. Um, (laughs) so, uh, your pool for the first one, uh, I I don't remember, I remember your, uh, I don't remember what you played, but you played like five colors, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Five colors is awesome. I had two of the Map the waste, which is was actually really good in a five-color deck, just because yeah, yeah it searches out anything and it ramps you. And especially for the pre-release, there's no conflict with the three-drop slot, because normally, if you're not playing a Morph, <laughs> then you're just doing it wrong on turn 3 with cons.
0: <laughs> no conflict in the 3 drop spot.
1: Ah, I felt like my boom. entire
0: No, I felt like my entire deck in uh in the second tournament <laughs> was 3 drops. It was driving <laughs> me nuts. I was so frustrated okay, anyway. I
1: thought you were doing like a no cons flick, huh, in the 3 drop cuz you only had one pack of cons of tart gear in the
0: No, I release? wasn't even I wasn't even punning, man.
1: You know, with you, you never know. Um, yeah, I so, know.
0: I pun so, in my sleep.
1: So that's the thing. You open up for the pre-release packs. There's a seeded pack. There's one pack of Kahn's Turk here And then there's four packs of Fate Reforged. Right. And each pack of Fate Reforged, which does not have morph in it, so you're going to see a lot less morph. You're only going to get one pack uh, to, to have morph in it. So your three-drop is – your three-slot is free to do whatever you want with it. But – in each Pack of Fate Reforged for the basic land slot, it's either one of the 10 multicolored, you know, tap gain lands or potentially a fetch land. Or in my case, all four of them were fetch lands.
0: That's the most insane thing I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All four
1: mm-hmm.
0: had fetch lands. That's amazing. Cause that's yeah. an ind- so that's like four fetch lands and then four rares. Mm hmm. Like, not even counting if you got, like, a foil rare in any of those packs. You yeah, it
1: didn't take up the rare slot.
0: It's just insane, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's, it was pretty nuts.
0: That is so good. So we both had, like, and you used all of them because you ran five colors. Of course,
1: I'm going to use them all. <laughs> uh, it was just, yeah, it was five colors, like, mono removal and fixing and just a few bombs to finish the job. Uh, so I had Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest, mm-hmm. the um, Jeskai guy. Fate Reforged Cons leader, which is, was perfect in a deck full of removal, so I got to trigger him multiple times. Right, um, right. Butcher of the Horde, uh, Dragonscale General, and the Mardu Strike Leader. Yeah. So, I guess my mana, I, I was just running well. I mean, the mana was better than it looked on paper, better than you would think it would look on paper, uh, or when you were going through it and laughing.
0: Um, well all I saw I just saw like 11 basic lands and it was like what <laughs> I was like two swamps two forests one male I was like what the hell is this I like tossed it back to you I was like I don't want to look at this <laughs> what are you doing but yeah no it wound up working out great I didn't even know you had a butcher the horde in there that's uh, nasty
1: oh yeah I told you about the one sequence I got to do on like without you know on on each turn turn two, soul Tye emissary turn three marju strike leader Turn four, butcher the horde, sack the sultai emissary to make the manifest, and just swing in there.
0: <laughs>
1: it was insane, Man, and then good. kill them on turn five.
0: That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Uh, and you know the the mana held up, which was that that was basically what happened. Like I lost um, one game total, and it was just when I you know I had a handful of blue, black, and white lands and a bunch of green cards right and then i i i cast a manifest card but i hesitated because i'm i was like oh, "This is gonna be really tilting if this is a a green source of mana <laughs> yeah and it was
0: <laughs> i remember that it was uh yeah you because you then the next turn you drew like an abzan charm or something yeah
1: and so i like, watched I, you do i that. died with four green cards in my hand and a manifested like forest
0: <laughs>
1: uh but yeah that was the first uh First pre-release on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Um, now you know, uh, I wasn't really impressed with Shu Yun. Um, really. Okay. As a as a three-two prowess for three, it was great. Mm-hmm. I was never able to activate the ability. Like I never had enough mana to like play my spell, activate his ability, and uh, and really you know get that double strike going on. Which I was I was disappointed with that because I really had hoped. That I could, uh, you know, make that work. But at the same time, uh, Monastery Mentor uh, oh was the most insane card th- uh, that I've played. It was so freaking good. I just, oof, man, oh man, I- it's a powerful card. Um, I gave it to Ryan for his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Ryan! Uh, his birthday's tomorrow. But um, Soulfire Grandmaster was also really good, and I didn't hmm. really—I never got to use the looping ability. Um, just never got that far with oh, it. You but haven't I, lived. But all I kept doing, dude, like, <laughs> what did I do? So I had I had Soulfire Grandmaster out, and like turn three, they play a morph. You swing in with the Soulfire Grandmaster. They don't want to trade with it. They don't want to trade and 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 lose their morph. They're trying to do something powerful with the morph. I got in with the Soulfire Grandmaster, and then eventually I dropped Dramoka, (laughs) Mm. and then, uh, you know when I attacked with Dromoka, I bolstered the Soulfire grandmaster. And then once you got Dromoka out, the game was just to keep playing a lower toughness creature than the one you bolstered b- before. <laughs> so <laughs> I would, I would, I would attack, bolster my low power creature or my low toughness creature, and then play a low toughness creature and then attack with everything and bolster that one. And then play another one and then attack with everything and bolster that. One. It was just like <laughs> the most insane sequence. <laughs> That card is so good. Dramoco is so, so good for me. I really loved it. Soulfire Grandmaster just as a 2-2 Life Linker was awesome. Uh, now, I was able to gain some life off of the ability, but I never got to return a, an, an instant or sorcery to my hand.
1: Um, yeah, I think people are going to just money draft it anyway, so we don't need to worry about trying to like warn people not to overrate or anything like that. That's <laughs> not, it's not going to do any good. <laughs> They're just going to take it anyway. Uh, yeah. so I think it's a little, uh, for limited, a little overrated um, Mardu Strike Leader was just either playing against it or playing with it was just oppressive. Um, same with Brutal Horde Chief. I played against that a couple times. And yeah. it was super yeah. annoying, just because you're gonna get to 5 mana, and then you're gonna lose the game. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I,
0: uh, I got to play it in my second pre-release, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, Lightform was amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. I got the again, second pre-release, uh, got to play that as well. Such a great card.
1: Yeah, and then I, I just remembered an interaction from that really crappy uh, deck from Sunday morning. Um, Humble Saturday Defector. Saturday morning? Saturday morning. Saturday morning, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Mardu pack that I didn't play Mardu in. Um, Humble Defector. I, I really liked that card a lot. Um, I, I think it's because I was doing a bunch of really stupid stuff with it, but it was so stupid that I didn't win a match. I, I still I still enjoyed it because uh, I I was able to tap it, draw two cards, give it to my opponent, and then uh, with a Yasova Dragon Claw on the battlefield at the beginning of combat, <laughs> pay the one as it is it and then steal it back.
0: Oh man, that's so good.
1: Yeah, and then just tap it again, and they could either you know keep you know hold it up their turn, or they have to tap it and give it back to you because you just get to you'll just steal it again and mm-hmm. give it back to him. Uh so that was a lot of fun. So if you had, like that that was one interaction that was really good. I don't know how many there's not a lot of sacrifice outlets or anything like that where you could like gain value from this, but that was at least one one way I found, one interaction I found where you could actually generate an advantage with his ability, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones. Um I don't know if uh oh god, what's that card where you sack?
0: What the heck is that? Oh, the the lightning bolt.
1: Yeah. Like, hmm. that's ah. one you could do where you tap him, uh, put that ability on the stack, and then collateral damage your opponent. But you're still using a card. You're using two cards. And collateral damage re- is an instant. Yeah. And then you word. replace him. So that's yeah. one way. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to – whenever I see a card like that, I'm like, I want to break you. But the Asova one, <laughs> keep that one in mind.
0: That's what, I, that's what I say every time I see your face.
1: Oh, so mean.
0: Sorry. I didn't mean it.
1: I know. There was one other actual. Uh, I actually I didn't get to do the Arc Bond plus uh, Typhoid Rats combo. I was,
2: <laughs> I was just getting
1: beaten down. I had a Typhoid Rats out. I had red mana and another land. So I had two mana and two Arc Bond in my hand.
2: Oh, and I was getting no. beaten
1: down. I was like, yeah, you empty your hand. Just keep it. Yeah, empty it. Empty it. I'm going to draw this third land. Oh, and there's going to be trouble. And then, like, I just, I was like, nope, not blocking with my typhoid rat. Not blocking. Uh, I had to discard five times just sitting oh, there. No. <laughs> and so I finally blocked with a typhoid rat and then immediately draw my third land. Oh. <laughs> no justice. There's no justice in this world.
0: Oh, that's the worst.
1: I think I dropped after that. That's when I dropped. I was like, I'm, I am defeated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no more,
1: no more yeah. please.
0: God, that's so brutal.
1: <laughs> I was just sitting there. I was like, this is all I wanted to do. Because <laughs> that was my promo rare, was Arc Bond. <laughs> what? My, yeah, I told you it wasn't a good promo. What rule. a terrible promo. <laughs> God. Yeah. And then one of my other rares was another Arc Bond, which, yeah, I, yeah it, was, it just wasn't there for me that day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. Wow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think, I think, I feel like, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the, uh, what is it called? The Jeskai, where the heck is it? I feel like the Jeskai rune mark is the only playable rune mark of the bunch. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've, I I had many different rune marks on color and on, you know, like that—that could—that I could activate the second ability, and the rune mark was the only one I wound up playing because I was like, "Yep, flying is worth the potential blowout," you know. Like vigilance, paying three mana for two two and vigilance.
1: No, yeah.
0: Ugh, and it has to be, and it's like conditional vigilance, just seemed really bad.
1: Especially when there's like just common unsummons in the set.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it just it didn't seem worth it to me, but I played the rune mark, the Jeskai rune mark uh and and didn't and never felt bad about it.
1: No, that's 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 good enough. The yeah, rest it... the rest no.
0: Yeah, and you know what else uh sandblast was a surprisingly good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It seemed like a strange thing like in terms of like 5 damage just seemed very specific in terms of like this kind of ability is usually like, destroy that creature. You know, it's usually not like, this deals a bunch of damage to an attacking or blocking creature. I mean, especially in white, mm-hmm. seemed weird. Goes great with Soulfire Grandmaster, I'll tell you that much. Huh. Yeah. And, and the other thing uh, about that that I learned from playing the very first event of the day was that Ugin's Construct, if you don't have any permanence out, is just a four, mm-hmm. five for four. What the hell? That's good. <laughs>
1: oh, it's going to be a lot better when we're playing one pack of this, two pack of cons draft. Yeah. Have all the morphs. Because, like, no yeah. one plays a one or two drop. You play a morph, it's colorless. Then turn four, you just you, you run out the construct.
0: Jeez, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, I, 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 I feel like. I didn't get to keep that creature around too long. I feel like people had ways of killing him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh but it was a really uh it was a really cool play. once I once I looked at it in my hand, I was sitting there going, Man, this is such a slow hand. I was like, oh, four mana, nothing on the board. Here we go. I was like, All right, here we go. <laughs> it's pretty nice. So uh second pre release. Mm-hmm. Um I also went three uh, one. you got your uh just as you, just like you always wanted, you got your Dubs Ojutai Soul of Winter.
1: Oh God, yeah, that was great. Um,
0: <laughs> I would have, I would have played it. I would have played it. Um, <laughs> I
1: was building an aggressive uh, Jeskai deck. I don't know. I don't have many room. How much room I have for seven drops?
0: Yeah, I guess you
1: I mean. ran. I ran uh, sixteen lands.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you can't play that with sixteen lands. Yes. I could barely play my deck with sixteen lands, and mine was fairly aggressive.
1: I, I mean, I had multiple Jeskai sages and like a refocus and three pressure points, so it's like six quasi cantrips. So it was like yeah. it was more than enough land, more than enough to like flood out a couple times.
0: Right. So you went Jeskai in mm-hmm. the second event. Um, I opened the Jeskai box. And I played Black White,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which which honestly was the best deck I could cobble together. Um, I felt like I put I, I built a decent deck too. I wound up going three one. Um, my first loss. Uh, my only loss came in round one and, um, I think it was very much due to the fact that I had 16 lands in my deck Hmm. and hardly any cantrips. Um, so I kept getting stuck with all these three drops in my hand and just nothing to do. Um, and I, or I actually, no, I got stuck on five drops and four lands, which kept happening. So um, I went to to 17 after round one because it's the pre-release and you can change your deck. So I did that. But it was very heavy uh, Outlast themed and Bolster themed. Um, I think it was actually more Outlast than anything else though. Um, well, no, there was the two elite scale guards, which uh, was just one of the most amazing cards I got mm. to play. Um, it, was, it was So it was a strange combination. So it was like Outlast... Slash Prowess. Um. So I had like two Dragon Bell Monks. I had Abzan Falconer. I had uh. Harsh Sustenance. Which was a great card. Um. Ancestral Vengeance. Which. Wound up being a really good card. Because you just. You know. Give something a little bit of a. Of a. Debuff. Uh. But then you get a plus one plus one counter on something. So. When you finally do get to drop your Elite Scale Guard. You've got another thing that taps stuff down. Um. And uh, I will say, after our conversation last week, I played Sandstep Outcast and gave it the plus one plus one counter multiple times in this tournament because,
2: what? like I said,
0: Why? well, like I said, if I'm playing a, a deck that is very heavy bolster and Outlast themed, then yeah, you'll give it the plus one plus one counter, like Elite Scale Guard. Uh, if you've got an Elite Scale Guard mm. in your hand and on three you're playing the Sandstep the uh, whatever, playing the Sandstep Outcast, you know, you've got one turn in between there for it to survive, and then the next turn you drop down a scale guard, you bolster another creature that you've got out, and then you attack with those two creatures, tap two creatures down, and you're just basically ending the game in a couple turns. So so I did it multiple times. Now even still there was also a game where I think I had the scale guard in my hand and still made the spirit token, okay? <laughs> still made the token. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it actually did wind up being relevant uh, in these games that I actually uh, add the counter instead of making the spirit. Um, but again, only in that particular instance, which I happened to be in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 3-1, b Got my revenge on you. <laughs> uh, although, although you had some of the most awesome plays in <laughs> uh, in game one, so great that after game one of our match, we like went and reset up, <laughs> <We> like <laughs> reconstructed the scenarios that uh, Steven blew me out. Oh yeah. In <laughs> so we could uh, so we could take pictures of them for I've, posterity. I've
1: got, got him here. I've got him here.
0: <laughs> so so tell me about the uh the situations that you put me in.
1: I mean I did get down to three life to I think it was twenty two. So things No, were... it was
0: like f- I was at twenty seven and you were at five.
1: Five? Okay.
0: Yeah, it was absurd. <laughs> it was like so absurd. Th-
1: things were looking grim. Yeah. And you had an Avon Skirmisher, an Abzan Falconer, and a Seeker of the Way with a plus one, plus one counter on it. And I had i think two creatures one was like a one 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 was a two two and they're both on the ground and so i swung in with one and you're just like no blocks and then after that in my second main phase i cast Howl of the horde <laughs> and then barrage of boulders <laughs> And again, I had myself a nifty little plague win there
0: yeah that was <laughs> insane and that was so funny, too, because you were like, Howl of the Horde, I got to play this. Like, you were just like, <laughs> I was like, all right, man, whatever. And then, like, just completely got blown out by it. Well, and then later on, later on in the day, I actually, like, I was. it was the very last round. I come, like, walking over after my match to see if you were still playing. And, like, first thing I see you do is cast Howl of the Horde. I'm like, oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I cast Howl of the Horde into active treason and stole his two big flyers. <laughs> Hit him for, like, 17 <laughs> in one turn.
0: It was so awesome. That card put in work for you, man. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so, so the second scenario.
1: Yeah, so you basically, like, almost immediately rebuild. You have uh, the Sand Step Out cast as a 2-1 with a 1-1 spirit, plus Light-formed uh, Dragon Bell Monk. So you you'd manifested him and flipped him over, so you had Vigilance Flying Lifelink. Mm-hmm. And I still had one creature at this point in time but i drew what my my best uncommon in the set probably uh pyrotechnics yeah so did two delight formed uh dragon bell monk one to the spirit one to the sandstep outcast and uh plaguewinded you again got the nice little yeah. nice little three for one
0: in the same game
1: same game <laughs> oh yeah i was like i was like about to lose again and then just top deck that it was a, it was an insane game and then yes yeah, lost game 2 and 3
0: Yup. Because we don't die, we multiply, like babies, kids.
1: We're not going to remember that. It's going to be like uh, when the Cowboys and the Giants met in the regular season this year. You know, yeah, maybe the Cowboys ultimately won the game. Everyone's just going to remember the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. That's it.
0: I don't remember that. Of course, I didn't watch football at all this year.
1: Well, when when the commentators on ESPN are talking about our match, they're going to remember that you won. They're going to remember the Howl of the Horde into Barrage of Boulders.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. All I'm going to remember, uh, maybe for the rest of my life, is that Tom Brady has deflated balls. <laughs> um, so, uh, great great weekend overall. It's a really fun, deck, uh, fun format to play uh, for Sealed. Um, haven't had a chance to get into draft. Um, can't imagine, honestly, that I'm going to get much of an opportunity to draft this set at all. To be a hundred percent honest, but um, but sealed was fun, and uh... man, it would be cool to find a PPTQ that was actually running sealed.
1: Yeah, it's just all it's mono standard.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it sucks. Like I, I, I'm, I'm cool with it. I understand why, but man, I want to play a little competitive uh, standard or competitive sealed for real. Anyway, uh, so but anyway. P-T- PPTQ didn't even mean to make a transition. It just happened to be good.
1: Mm-hmm. It's P-P-T-T-Q even better T-Q when you is... call attention to it. Yeah, isn't it great? Those are the best segues.
0: Yeah, I'll give you the signal. The signal will be signal.
1: That, that um, segue was like someone actually driving down the road in a segway in that it caused and called so much attention to itself.
0: That had a, that had a flag sticking up on it that said segway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's
1: just how smooth. I mean like you know, anyone that's you know, obviously owns and drives a segue is a smooth person.
0: I couldn't just let the segue be smooth without Mm-mm. ruining it. We were we were like like we were like three words away from a
1: smooth
0: transition.
1: Yep. You got the girl's number, you didn't walk away. No, you had to go like <laughs> Yes
0: yeah.
1: Finally. Yes. Oh, God. Dry Spell's gonna end tonight.
0: Do you like Doctor Who? No, but, um... (laughs) Dry Spell's gonna end tonight. (laughs) You know I'm still here, right? (laughs) Anyway, uh... We've got a standard tournament coming up this weekend. And, uh... Got some stuff going on. We're, we're trying to figure out what deck we're gonna play. Um, I think I've got my um, next disaster lined up, and uh, you've been uh, you've been considering a couple decks, right?
1: Sure. I've been I've been brewing a little. It's a little so out, out of my character, but you know, we're right? trying some new decks. <laughs> so I know I'm gonna end up playing Jeskai tokens or Mardu aggro or Mardu tokens. It's gonna be Jeskai or Mardu. Like I already know that going in, but I want, you know, I want to try some new cards. Yeah. And the one deck I could think of that actually might be competitive but also plays a ton of new cards.
0: I haven't heard anything about it yet. So All tell right. me about this deck. So I was
1: test I wanted to test a deck with the basically the manifest mechanic. And I mean everyone knows, yes, hooded hydra, green green, if it's manifested, you flip it and you get the five counters. LOL, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but there were some other, I just basically just search for just morph cards that had lower casting costs than their morph costs. And there's a few interesting ones. I mean, first off, Ice Feather Aven's actually a little bit cheaper. It usually mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference. It's just blue-green. You, right. you turn that face up, you get an unsummon out of it. So I wanted to like get cards that, like when manifested, would get you at least a card worth of value by flipping them. And the easiest surefire way to do that is just to have one or more secret plans on the battlefield. So <laughs> the deck is four Elvish Mystic, because I want to get to either morphing or manifesting as soon as possible. Uh, four Rattleclaw Mystic, obviously. Two Trail of Mystery, I'm not even sure if that's necessary. The four Hooded Hydra, four Secret Plant, four Ice Feather Haven, four Wild Call, that's the X Green Green manifest, put X, you know. Mm -hmm. plus one plus one counters uh currently three corso crew fix i might want to up that to four but i'm not playing any fetch lands but there's a lot of ways to manipulate the top of your deck yeah um four and this is the centerpiece of the deck whisperwood elemental
0: nice
1: uh one sagu mauler three right into being it's two and a blue and you basically look at the top two cards of your deck manifest Mm -hmm. one put one on the top or bottom so that's one way you can like Change what top of the deck is, what 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 the top of your deck is going to be, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then like you know, even like the worst case scenario when you have a courser crew fix out is like it's a mana Dork that you don't want. Well, if you yeah. have whisperwood elemental, you know you're just gonna you're gonna manifest it, which is just fine. <laughs> you're gonna upgrade to a two two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then two keru spell snatcher. Yep.
0: Wow. So if really? You,
1: yeah. If you manifest that, it's only three in a blue first casting. Oh wow. Huh. Turn him face up. Exile it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I snatched, listen, I spell snatched an Ugin in testing. It was fun. Nice. And the other thing I really like about the deck is that if Ugin makes a big impact and we're just living in Ugin's world, uh, this deck just laughs at that because Ugin goes to try to exile it and all you got is these colorless manifest creatures on the battlefield. And you're just like, yeah, nice try, buddy. Huh. Yeah, so like if you have like, and, and, and the thing is like secret plans like will draw you or right into being will draw you into what you're trying to cast is a whispered element, a whispered elemental, which is just, it just generates insane value. I had two of them out and I was just blindly swinging in my manifest into uh, Hornet tokens. Didn't care because I was just out outracing them with the value. Uh, it's actually oh relatively competitive. I, it's almost there actually, but I, I actually think that the deck's a viable, like tier one and a half tier two deck. Um, I'll put it on like top eight decks or something like that, or, or some one of those deck builders and post it on Twitter or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I really liked it a lot. Uh, reality shifts really good too. Uh, that was a sideboard uh, removal spell. Um, it's actually really great because people are playing Corsair Crewfix all day, so you can really time that perfectly. Uh, so the, I mean, the best time to actually reality shift something is like. A really big problematic creature when they have a Planeswalker on top of their deck, or a removal spell, or something mm. they can just never flip up.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: that that it, it helps to generate maximum value that way. I al- huh,
0: that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I also like keeping in mind, like, white and blue removal, if uh, blue-white heroic ever becomes a thing. Just because if they've got an Ordeal of Thassa on them, and you have a blue removal spell, then when they go to cast their God's Willing or whatever... And they, they have to do protection from blue, they lose the aura. Mm, very so, nice. So yeah, so any of the aqueous forms or whatever just fall off. hmm Um, so those are just real, little things that uh, when I was like taking notes, the deck was actually pretty good. Um, it's actually the <laughs> the most reasonable brew, uh, even though it's like a really obvious one. Like once you decide that you're gonna make like a manifest deck. There's not that many places you could go. The Master of Pearls route and make it Bant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you know, hey, one white, flip it up, give all your guys plus two, plus two. But and and there are some board states where that would be beneficial, but I just couldn't think of many other reasons to be in to add white. Basically, I just, I I didn't think it added enough to the deck, and the deck's already kind of tight for space as it is. Right. So I didn't really know what to cut. Uh, but I do like the idea because once you're in Bant, you get to run 8 fetch lands with Corsair Crucifix and that's just awesome cuz yeah you just have like it, it actually like turns into a deck that has a ton of play to it because you're constantly manipulating the top of your deck um you know reshuffling to you know hit a creature that you want to manifest with your Whisperwood, Whisperwood elemental at any turn just stuff like that mhm so that's one deck that I'm actually not going to play even though it sounds really sweet
0: yeah uh, yeah yeah
1: the other oh one other thing just to note uh there's one more Cool card that you can manifest, and that's Jeering uh, Instigator. That only costs one a red to flip up, and you get the Act of Treason at a discount that way. But currently, I'm, I'm trying to find the best build of Chess Guy tokens. Okay. Um, I don't think Soulfire Grandmaster is very good in the deck. I tried that already, just because it doesn't do anything that the deck needs help with. So I, and the deck doesn't need more things with low amounts of toughness. Which is what that card or Shaman of the Great Hunt really add to the deck. Because if you have a situation where two toughness creatures living, which is what Shaman of the Great Hunt or Soulfire Grandmaster are, then mm-hmm. you're already doing just fine as a tokens deck. Right, right. If they can't handle anything with two toughness, it's pretty much the same as things with one toughness. And if you're if you're at a board state where that's not like <laughs> they can't really handle that then you're already winning right now mentor monastery mentor i'm torn on because he's actually not the best top deck in the world you, you kind of need to top deck him then top deck something else right whereas you top deck a rabble master and an empty board and you're you know you're gonna win the game unless they they find it out but mentor does something where it's just the games where you have Jeskai Ascendancy out when you're playing Jeskai tokens are so different than the ones where you don't. Like your mm-hmm. expected win percentage goes like it just it, it increases at least like thirty percent. It's like something absurd. There's no mm-hmm. there's no deck that swings more. Like you know, um, an Abzan deck can win without a Siege Rhino, but you know multiple Siege Rhinos don't hurt. A a Jeskai tokens deck with without Jeskai Ascension versus with it's just night and day. The thing is, is that if you have basically uh, a monastery mentor with a bunch of spells, you're putting on a clock that's gonna win in about the same number of turns as an unanswered chess guy sentency. Mm-hmm. except you know it's a lot more fragile. <laughs> so uh, there's I gotta, I, I'm trying to think of ways to actually fix that. People have talked about like ephemeral shields. The one in a white uh, convoke spell. Convoke, yeah. Yeah, give something indestructible. Yeah, indestructible. I- I'm still working on it because I think I think that could actually I think those that that belongs that definitely belongs to the deck, monastery mentor, because mm-hmm. it's just another four Jeskai Sentences. i.e. like you know this card gets on the battlefield unopposed, you win, uh, right? Because right. it just generates so much... it's just like a, a just an absurd amount of damage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's that's what I'm working on. Then Mardu. Uh, I want the only thing I really want. I'm thinking about adding to that. I want to try brutal horde chief, but I don't have high hopes for it. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I I think it might be slightly overrated. It's fine, like if you have five mana and they can't kill it. But if I mean you're Mardu, if you have a butcher or horde and they can't kill it, they're 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 dead as it is. Uh,
0: right, right.
1: I want if I wanted to go with the tokens route, I would try like a um, the dragon. That gives plus one, plus zero, and you could dash it. Yep. Uh, I I would try that as a one or two of, I think over brutal horde chief. Although that you know in retrospect, whenever I was playing brutal horde chief, I'm going to sound pretty stupid. But uh, so far, just like whenever I feel when I'm like testing with those cards, I feel like a like a coligon would be, like I just, I just I just picture myself casting, you know, hordeling outburst into a butcher of the horde, sack one of the tokens, swing for five, and then. Or maybe even seven if I'm just dreaming where they have no board. Um, swing for seven, then next turn dash a cologon and that's I don't know, infinity. It's like five, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. If you still have those two tokens around. Mm-hmm. And they're just dead. Uh, whereas Brutal Horde Chief, you gain an incremental advantage. You just ping them for one or two if your Brutal Horde Chief is surviving. And that, a lot of the times, won't be that much damage. and They just untap and kill it. Whereas Butcher... Butcher of the Horde. Uh, if if their defenses are down, you just you know it's got flying. You give that thing haste and life, like they can really turn things around. Mm-hmm. Um, True. So yeah, I don't I don't know if it's better than soren in that retrospect in that in that perspective. Uh, it's it's better like where they have no removal, so it's better versus green decks basically, hmm. where none of their blockers work. Um, although I'm not actually sure how the Ability works versus like a Sylvan carry added. I guess since you're choosing, it gets around the hex proof. I think that's how that works.
0: Which one? Which ability again? Oh, the oh,
1: I see. Chief, what you're you know saying. where it's yeah. like oh, you select how they block.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not targeting.
1: Yeah. So now, so
0: it, it would still work. You could. St- you'd still. It would still have to block.
1: Okay. So then, but now Monastery Mentor and Soulfire Grandmaster that actually might work in in Mardu. I think. Uh, Because you have a ton of non-creature spells, and you have a ton of removal, such that it's it's possible that you can get a lot of value out of the Soulfire Grandmaster. Although I think Hmm. both those cards, or at least definitely Monastery Mentor, I think where that really goes is like red-white tokens, or the red kind of like aggro build that uh, Sam Party played at a recent Grand Prix, and I I mean I've been playing it because it's a deck that doesn't have access to Jeskai ascendancy. And it just depends on what removal people are playing. If they still, if, if it's a world where people are prepared for Monastery Mentor and they're playing their wild slashes, then it's it's no better than Brimaz or something like that. Um, right. But if not, then it's just like it's just a powerhouse that like it's just a clock that'll win you the game very quickly and allows you to shift gears very quickly in that deck. So um, those are pretty much all the decks I'm I'm, I'm trying right now, and I'm sure. Uh, if, if I had infinite time, the next deck I would try is that red green beat down deck with the Shaman of the Great Hunt. Cause then I think that, I think that deck, had I think that deck gained a lot with Flamewake Phoenix and the Shaman of the Great Hunt. I think those were big additions to that deck. I tried, uh, mono red, uh, devotion and I just could not get that to work, but I couldn't get, no, that that deck was good. So that just might be me.
0: That's unfortunate.
1: It, that deck still might be amazing because, you know, full disclosure, when that deck was really good and people were doing really well with it, I still couldn't get it to work. So I, <laughs> like, whenever I played against it, I'm like, oh my god, this deck is just broken. It's amazing. And then I would just play with it. And I'm like, ugh, I've got this like Nixthos and one Mountain and an Idol on the Great Revel sitting in my hand, and I just feel miserable. <laughs> so I couldn't get it to work when it was definitely certifiably a tier one deck, and I can't get it to work now. So it might still be good. Who knows?
0: And uh, as for me, I've got. One thought in mind, and that's mono black devotion, baby.
1: <laughs> Bring it to mono back,
0: mono black, mono black devotion for life on the back of my jacket. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> do, I, do I need to go to Michael's and bedazzle you like a custom jacket?
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Oh man, just bedazzle me something. Um. I'll, it'll
1: just be black rhinestones on like a black jacket, so no one can read it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> 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 um, oh, it's got to be Mono Black.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I like the idea of the deck. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little worried about it just because there's uh, a lot of one for one removal in the format. Um, Valorous Stance seems to be pretty good against this deck, and that exiles too, doesn't it? Nope. Oh, it
1: doesn't. Nope, just destroys. Okay.
0: okay, well that's not so bad then. Okay. Well that that makes that actually makes me very happy because uh this deck will most certainly have Whip of Erebos in it. So being able to whip back things, especially things like Grey Merchant, uh seems pretty good. Oh
1: God. Now, Valorous Dance at Blue Eyed Heroic.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what you've been saying, like for the last couple weeks.
1: I forgot.
0: But, <laughs> That's what you've been saying since the card was spoiled. Valorous stands in blue-white heroic, and yes, and I'm very worried about that. And
1: they could run um, monastery mentor.
0: Yeah, they can. That deck is good. Yeah, it's a good deck. Um, I've been I've been toying with the idea of running main deck drown in sorrow, um, and then things with power or with toughness three or greater mm. to survive it. Um, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure where that fits because I feel like I'm almost more interested in running main deck brain maggot. Um, cause there's not a lot of two drops in the deck and like, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm templating in a way, um, you know, after old mono black devotion and obviously at the two drop spot was the, uh was the very very good pack rat. Now there is no replacement for pack rat in this format and, no. and or, or nor in any format, I guess. But um it's
1: Typhoid rats. But
0: <laughs> no, no. Just because it says rat doesn't mean it's any good. Um but Brain Maggot um is a two drop that does something powerful. Uh especially when you start off with the thought seas you follow it up with a Brain Maggot. And then you can follow that up with either a hero's downfall or let's say a uh, you know a herald of torment, followed by a squelching leeches, followed by a gray merchant, and that feels like a good uh, five turns, right?
1: It's not bad.
0: That feels like a fun way to start a magic game. Um, and then you know, nice little suite of removal, uh, bile blights. Um yeah, like I said, I think the three drop spot is a little too clogged um in terms of like you've got Harold. I thought about Master of the Feast, which which is a possibility. <laughs> well, you know, there are decks that are actually there are there are uh mono black devotion decks
1: running that. Oh, listen. I had that in the Dark Deal Waste Not deck because Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do with a handful of discard when their hands empty? Well yeah you, <laughs> you fill it back up with Master uh, of the Feast.
0: Uh, That's what uh, <laughs> That's sweet. That's sweet. I like that a lot. But anyway.
1: You're um, supposed to be my sponsor here.
0: I thought <laughs> about wa- horrible
1: decks. I, hell, I
0: thought about Waste Knot in
1: this deck.
0: Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got Thought C's. I guess Brain Maggot doesn't make them discard, though. There isn't. like So, the Sign and Blood. <sighs> what was the other card well, that, that lets me draw? Joe.
1: This huh. is why the good lord invented transformational sideboards.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I don't think that those were, uh, created by any sort of, uh, well-meaning deity, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think those are like one of the worst things you can possibly do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so mono black devotion, um, new format, you know, New formats lead to people trying all these goofy ideas, like Blue-Green Manifest, and then you take a deck that's just got a lot of consistency and a lot of power, and you run it up against these decks. You're not trying to do anything cute, you're just trying to smash their face and win. Um, And I like the idea of it. I I like the way it feels uh going into this weekend because I don't think people will be prepared for mono black devotion at all because mm-hmm. rotation happened. <laughs> yeah. So so I feel like it'll really throw people off. Um, my lands will all come into play untapped, which is really important to me. And uh gonna, and I think it'll be run awesome.
1: An I see an Urborg missing. No, no. No, no,
0: no. No, 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 no. That's the worst. It's the worst. Do you know why?
1: It fixes their mana.
0: It fixes their mana and makes them not take pain off of their own pain lands. You don't want to do that. The one thing I'm kind of bummed about with the list that I come up with is that the list that we had saw originally had a Liliana, an Abhorrent Overlord, (laughs) and a Doomwake Giant. I kind of liked that little grab bag of uh, of one of's, you know, because a Liliana can fetch up any of those things or another gray merchant, or you can just keep stacking gray merchants on top of your deck. Um, so I'm still considering making room for Liliana in the deck.
1: What about uh, Crux of Fate?
0: No, if I, if, I no, because it's, I, I don't, I don't need a board wipe. It's not, not, it's not mono black control. I don't feel like I want a board wipe.
1: Well, if you got like a whip out, like an Erebos.
0: Yeah, but see, I think that, like, I think that Drown and Sorrow, I mean, like, my one-for-one removal is good for the bigger things. I feel like Drown and Sorrow main deck would be better for most of the things that you're really worried about. But I'm not sure where it would fit. But there's four of them in the sideboard for sure. And that one or two could sneak their way into the main deck between now and Saturday. Uh, not really sure yet. Um, Got to do a little testing. Uh, probably going to get together tomorrow, do a little bit of testing, just kind of see how things feel. But, you know, new format, there's really not much you can really test for, other than other than testing your own deck's mechanic. Pick a deck, test the mechanics of your deck, see how it feels, tweak your sideboard a little bit based on what you expect to see, or maybe things you don't expect. I mean,
1: you can just test against whatever's good right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. With a
1: couple new cards thrown in.
0: Right, right, and that's pretty much the way the format winds up shaking up, which is not much.
1: I, oh, just... I, I do see four Feast of Dreams in your sideboard. Yes. Why?
0: Why? Because of blue white heroic, blue white hero. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of decks that, that that's good against. Uh, it's good against green black constellation, which is still a deck. It's really good against uh, blue white, uh, blue white heroic. Nope. Because most of their cards, I mean, like Aqueous form is is just is just really tough to come back from. Once they've got that slapped on there and you're not able to deal with their creature, or just having more... Because the thing is, you're going to lose removal to that deck because of God's Willing and uh, Feet of Resistance. Like, you're going to get blown out by those cards at some point. It happens. It does. It happens. So, rather than... Um, rather than just... You know, you got to have a follow-up play. So, being able to, like, you know, Bile Blight, and then they go... Well, in response, I'm going to God's Willing... You can respond to that with the uh, feet of resist- Or whatever the heck the card is that you just said.
1: <laughs> Feast of Dreams.
0: Feast of Dreams. Thank you. God, so I it's feel just, like
1: there's it... got to be better options. There really aren't. Um, you know what? So there... Huh? of Depravity. Put that in your sideboard.
0: No, no, sir. I don't like it.
1: Oh, uh, it destroys tokens.
0: It doesn't, though. Because it's at the beginning of their end step. Sure.
1: They lose the game unless they kill it. There's not a lot of threats in black that do that.
0: But then they just kill it.
1: Oh, they're going to laugh at a gray merchant. They have to have the stoke the flames. And and you, they have to have not had you thought seize it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or brain mag. I've got a lot of those.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a possibility. I guess I shouldn't rule anything out right now. Speaking of Ugin's fate, I've got two Ugin's fate boosters in my hand right now.
1: Open them. Do it alive Seal. on air
0: sealed not doing it how great would that be not doing it man not doing it
1: open an Ugin on the cast it's gonna be so underwhelming (laughs) i know
0: that's what i'm saying there's no way
1: it's like and i got a hero's blade
0: yeah there's no way there's no way i'm opening them like I, i you 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 can't tempt me demon you can't tempt me I, I will not open these crappy boosters.
1: Yeah, now I want to open a pack. <laughs> I'm like randomly scratching my arm, too. I don't know if I have like a problem or something.
0: <laughs> I wonder how... Um, the Ugin's Fate boosters look like they're going for about like... At least they were going for about 8 bucks each on eBay. Well, that's
1: dumb. Sell them now.
0: No, no, no. no keep them.
1: No. They're not They'll getting higher than one. 8
0: But they're not getting lower.
1: Oh, yes, they are.
0: No, because those are going to get bought and they're going to get opened.
1: No. These are limited. These
0: are in very limited supply. Like, the allure of opening an Ugin is worth way more than the contents of these boosters. Okay,
1: let's, no, let's set a date here. By the next set, I'm going to give you the over-under at 550
0: Well, I'm not looking at two months from now. I'm looking at two years from now.
1: So it could be lower than five fifty in two two months.
0: Well, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it on our episode where we talk about the Dragons of Tarkir pre release. We will we will check the uh, the price of the Ugin's Fate boosters. How about that?
1: All right. Let cool. it be known. I say they go down.
0: I say they. I say they. Um... Okay, you say five fifty.
1: Yeah, I think that's gonna be. Oh, oh my god. I'm looking at what people are paying. It is stupid.
0: But I'll take I'll take the over on 550. Right. easy.
1: Oh, okay. I'll stick I'll stick with it. See, people are dumb.
0: Well, next week, hopefully, uh, we will have a success story uh, about one of us winning this uh, PPTQ, and hopefully, the success story will not take one of us through the other one of us to get there. Uh, the, the odds are bad. <laughs> the odds are very bad. We, we can't play a tournament without having to face each other, and we'll also have uh, results of other tournaments to talk about. Probably uh, there's probably an SCG event.
1: Mm-hmm. So New um, standard, standard, standard.
0: Yeah, yeah. We will get to see how the format's shaping up. Uh, but until then, we are YoMTG Taps.
1: Stop bitching start Bannon Melin flippin' birthing pods. I can't complain in my own Never encounter fights with self-defense, legs, wipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, talls, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag wicked jeans, was a me, mug, right? strike. And for thinking combined. Little Jenkins outline, the highest price. Hip-hop, you rep victim consistent, fresh, daily. I maintain a quiet life during open mics. Expectations is who high dreams holding it i lost friends and loved ones couldn't come with the pursue music hello yo oh hey cool uh let me send you the notes great let me do that right now great uh bu- 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 oh share button i could do that oh wow <laughs>
0: Do you
2: believe in love after love after love after love after love?
0: I come down to sell, I really don't think it's strong enough. Oh, do you believe
2: in love after love after love after love?
0: Oh, sorry. I hit the share button too. My bad. Mm, I'm going to
1: give that like a, a C+. Plus hold on
0: C plus is passing man I'm, I'll take I it I'll take it
1: yeah no, that's that should be damning by how much better it is than the usual <laughs> YoMTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever
0: on legitmtg.com I want my mtg.com mtgcast.com and iTunes email us yo mtg taps at gmail.com like us on Facebook Follow us on Tumblr, omtgTaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at yo-m-t-g-taps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBhjFTW. Follow Stephen on Twitter at m00npi. Follow Joey on Twitter at AffinityForBlue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.